human isolation is human isolation. And if marijuana can help you relieve that stress, relieve that anxiety, and it's legal to do so in that state or in the country you're in, I highly encourage it. This is the Cannabis Enigma, cutting through the smoke to have informed, serious conversations for regular people. I'm Michael Schaefer Omerman. And I'm Alana Goldberg. How's it going, Mike? It's all right, all things considered. Where are you recording from? I am inside the closet in my bedroom, hiding from my three-year-old son. How about you? <laughs> yeah, it's a weird time, huh? I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a little uh, room on my roof, which I've hastily converted into a home office. And yeah, I'm pretty much hiding from my family as well. Right. So we're working from home, just like anybody else in the world who can right now. But that's also why we're here today. For today's episode, I called up Dr. Roni Sharon, the medical director here at the Conigma and a board-certified neurologist and pain specialist. And more importantly for today's episode, he's also a doctor who specializes in medical cannabis. And what did you guys talk about? Coronavirus, COVID-19, and specifically questions that medical cannabis patients might have. All right, should we listen? Here it is. Hi, Dr. Sharon. It's Mike. Hey, good afternoon. So thanks for taking the time. Well, I wanted to talk to you today about, well, what else would we be talking to you about? The coronavirus, COVID-19. But specifically, I wanted to talk to you about questions that we're hearing from cannabis, medical cannabis patients and how this might impact their treatment um, and their lives a little bit. Sure. Sounds good. So I think the most obvious question and... Uh, it's one of the first questions that popped into my mind, is, is smoking a good idea right now? Is smoking cannabis a good idea right now? If it's your treatment, especially, uh, we know that it's among the more um, efficient, effective delivery methods, but we also know that, the, that COVID-19 targets the lungs and that chronic smokers have been badly affected. Yeah, so smoking does seem to be the most effective way to take marijuana for a variety of medical conditions. Uh, given that, uh, we encourage it for patients who do not have a history of respiratory disease, whether it's uh, asthma, bronchitis, COPD, and whenever it's mixed with tobacco, it's always a bad idea. That being said, COVID-19 is new, and it's different from other coronaviruses and other diseases that we have. It has its similarities and its differences, so I cannot say for sure that smoking uh, increases risk or decreases risk. If it significantly helps your disease, I would continue it, assuming that you don't have other respiratory conditions. But there are other, so many ways of taking marijuana. Um, just in New York, we can take it as a pill, patch, capsule, cream, tablet, spray, powder, lozenge, uh, oil, tincture. Um, so, it is perhaps a good opportunity to trial and error and try a different formulation or a different way of taking it, especially 
if you do have any respiratory problems. Um, and, and I'm assuming that that advice before that, you know, you can probably continue to do it. That's for people who are, are feeling healthy still. For people without any respiratory conditions, patients sitting across from me, I do say that they can continue smoking it or taking it through a vaporizer um, despite coronavirus. I mean, we, we deal with the flu and we deal with the common colds and viruses all the time. Uh, coronavirus appears to have differences, but there's not much difference. So I still do encourage people to take it in the way that it most affects them positively. And of the other methods that you mentioned, is there something that you found uh, that you believe is, is uh, among the better options or that your patients have told you they, they find is better for them? So my preferred way of giving it is generally through inhalation because of absorption and efficacy. Uh, my second favorite and, and what I find to be most effective is the oil tincture, especially because you can really dose it in a way that's personalized and you can go up on the dose very easily um, and the absorption is slightly better. So my second option would generally be the oil tincture. You know, we, we hear that, you know, aside from washing your hands a lot and well and, uh, you know, social distancing and, and, you know, preventing yourself from actually uh, being infected in the first place. One of the things that at least I heard, maybe tell me that I'm wrong, although it makes sense, is that one of the things you can do is to keep your immune system strong through, you know, eating well and exercising when possible and, you know, orange juice and vitamin C. We know that the endocannabinoid system interacts with the immune system in the human body. Um, do we know if it, you know, boosts it or makes it, you know, or has a negative effect? So it's a good question, and it's a kind of a million-dollar question or even a billion-dollar question. We haven't found to a large extent that taking marijuana boosts your immune system. I just actually want to say that if you have normal levels of vitamin C, we haven't found that taking vitamin C supplementation, even though it's sold everywhere, boosts your immune system. Don't tell that to my um, mom. It just actually makes your urine much more expensive, and Americans have the most expensive urine in the world because of all the multivitamins they take. Now, in terms of cannabis and whether it can boost or hurt your immune system, we haven't found evidence either way. Now, if it's relieving your stress or anxiety or treating chronic pain, and that makes you stronger, that boosts your immune system. That's a big immune system booster. We know that stress reduces your immune system. We know that poor sleep reduces your immune system. So in an indirect way, there's multiple benefits that we can find from taking cannabis, and that's important. And you mentioned stress, um, anxiety. I think a lot of people just from watching the news and, and the uncertainty, uh, you know, as you said, there's a lot we don't know about this. It's very new. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety going around. And on top of that, people are not only feeling, but being told to isolate themselves. We, we know that a lot of people uh, use marijuana for anxiety, both prescribed and self-prescribed. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that might help people, um, you know, or if you had a patient who came in and, you know, what you might tell them about, about treating their anxiety with, uh, with cannabis in, this, in these uncertain times? Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting because anxiety is not a condition that we can give cannabis for in New York. Uh, sleep and anxiety are the number one and number two reasons that patients find benefit from marijuana, in my opinion. Um, I cannot approve for either one, but they're very often associated with chronic pain or chronic conditions that we can't approve marijuana for. Now, what's interesting is that more and more people are being isolated or quarantined 
and it's tough. And it's something that we've never experienced. It's a defining moment in our lives. You know, prior to this, my life, September 11th, was the defining moment. Uh, we all remember where we were, what we did, and the consequences of everything that happened. Uh, this is going to be something like that, and perhaps even more dramatic in terms of how we live our lives, how we associate with other people, how we work in terms of remotely or with other people. It's It's dramatic. And a lot of us are going to be isolated and quarantined, a lot of people. The good thing is that we've never been able to uh, communicate with others as well as now with all the methods of communication and the internet and everything. But at the same time, human isolation is human isolation. And if marijuana can help you relieve that stress, relieve that anxiety, and it's legal to do so in that state or in the country you're in, I highly encourage it. Um, I think that that's something that um, would be very helpful in terms of an individual doing it, in terms of a group of people doing it, um, but it should be done safely and wisely. And people can actually be infected just from sharing a joint or sharing a vaporizer or holding the marijuana or the plastic bag that's being transferred, even if you've cleaned your hands before and after. So. Take caution with those things because that's another way of transmitting the virus. And and if people are trying marijuana at home, um, maybe they don't have a lot of experience, and maybe they're trying edibles for the first time. We know that it can create panic for some people um, if if they take too much. In a situation where they're isolated even more than they would usually usually, and they might be hesitant to seek help outside of their home, um, how can how can patients? make sure that they don't, uh, you know, get into that panic situation from taking marijuana? And what can they do if they do? I think people should not stray from what they're used to and what they're comfortable with. Edibles are dangerous because edibles are associated with ER visits and people uh, taking more than they expected and it lasting longer than they expected. So if you don't have experience with edibles, now is not a time to start and to start at a high dose. Um, it's very important to really always take any medicine, cannabis included, in a way that you feel comfortable at a small dose and go up slowly. And with edibles, it could be a little bit flimsy in terms of how much you're taking. So I generally don't recommend edibles as a first for anyone to try, and I would not recommend it in this time, especially if someone's alone or in isolation. And if somebody does find themselves in a situation where they've you know, taken a little too much and they're feeling panicked or... What, what are, are there some tips that, to, to sort of bring you back down to earth? Yeah, great question. So first of all, at Conigma, uh, we do have a page that actually gives specific advice on what to do if you, if you feel like you've taken too much or you experience symptoms of taking too much marijuana. The one thing I would say, nobody's ever died from an overdose of marijuana, and we've been using it for thousands of years. That being said, it could be very uncomfortable and stressful. It passes. Time allows it to pass. Rest, try to watch a movie, listen to music, talk to someone you trust. Time will pass and it will get better. And if it's overwhelming, you could always seek emergency help. But that would probably be something that I'd recommend less if someone can handle it or if someone can seek help from someone who can help them. So, you know, distraction is very important. Speaking to other people is very important. And knowing that it will pass is the most important. Are you seeing different uh, behaviors in your patients? Are people worried that the 
you know, medical marijuana patients using it for chronic conditions that, that need it for, for quality of life, for pain, for, for, you know, all the other conditions that, that it's used for. Um, are they worried that their, their supply is going to be limited? Are people looking to stock up? Yeah, people are very worried. Uh, right now, we have not seen problems with supplies, um, not significant problems, at least not in New York or Israel. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, things associated with uh, taking cannabis, you know, perhaps vaporizers or paraphernalia could be more troublesome to get, especially if they're manufactured in places with high infection rates that are being quarantined. But we have not seen that being a problem. That being said, it wouldn't hurt if you have any medication to have an extra supply for several weeks or several months just in case. That doesn't mean that there's going to be a supply shortage, and I actually do not believe there will be. But it's always good to have that, any medicine. And have your, your recommendations in general changed to, to patients that come to see you for, for medical marijuana? Not at all. A lot of things have to continue the way they were. Our lives are going to change with COVID-19 as we see you know, society basically shutting down right now. But things are eventually going to get back to normal, and we have to continue living our lives. Cannabis can be a useful tool before, after, and during this crisis. But it doesn't mean that we have to change the way we're taking it or how much we're taking it. If it's helping, it will continue helping. It may help in different ways with the increased stress we have. So I don't have differences in recommendations. What I do say is to be smart. So wash your hands, stay clean. Generally, uh, the marijuana itself, if it's heated up and smoked, it's not going to transmit any virus. But sharing it with someone else, touching different things, those are all things that we have to take great care of. Thank you for, for all of that, Dr. Sharon. It's, uh, it's really important to, to hear all these questions for, for medical cannabis patients. And, you know, since you're a doctor and we have you here, um, do you have any general recommendations beyond what the health authorities are, are telling us all to do to wash our hands and social distance and, and uh, you know, limit transmission? Yeah, I think uh, this is also an opportunity. It's an opportunity to uh, advance other technologies like telemedicine, which is really flourishing now. Uh, it's an opportunity to spend more time with your family. Uh, to put things in proportion, to realize what's important, um, to work on projects and things and exercise and do other things that can be beneficial for you that you didn't have time for before. Um, these are all tremendous opportunities that we have in this troubling time. Uh, if cannabis uh, is part of the solution uh, and can be helpful for you, then there's no reason to change the way you take it. Um, just like everything else, it should be done responsibly. Thank you, Dr. Sharon. Um, stay healthy. You too, Mike. Thank you. This episode was produced by myself and Michael Schaefer-Ommerman. It was also edited and mixed by Michael. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps other people find us, and it's also nice for us as well. Stay safe out there, everyone, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks.